0: Hello and welcome to the World Fellows Podcast. My name is Emma Skye and I'm Director of the World Fellows Program at Yale. My guest today is Musa Mahmoudi, an Afghan human rights lawyer. Musa, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you Emma, it's good to be with you here. Yeah.
0: So Musa, you were born and bred in Afghanistan. Tell me about your childhood and your family. Oh, thank you very much Emma. Again, uh...
1: Uh, my childhood, as I remember, was normal, normal as in the sense that uh, having a, a protective and very kind family, parents, uh, always for me there and for all of us. Uh, to me, as I remember, everything was okay at Kabul standard in this day. I was raised. uh, I grew up in a family with four sisters and four brothers, so we are nine, uh, all together my servants. And a father who always dedicated his uh, uh, life to work and provide for us, and a mom that just stay home and uh, take care of every one of us, cook for us. Uh, Clean uh, and you know, wash our clothes. Uh, we, I am, and we are so so grateful to the support and their kindness, and they are until now very kind. Uh, we were very close to each other and uh, very fortunate to have to have access to school uh, and a relatively good neighborhood, uh, so that. Those were the advantages. Uh, I remember that time uh, because of the Soviet Union invasion, uh, many people were displaced and they uh, they came to Kabul and started, you know, to to build homes, houses, and you know, Kabul was sprawling. But the way I remember, it, it was very good. And of course, I was we I was not that mature to understand the impact of war and conflict on all of us and every one of us.
0: But how old were you when the Taliban took over?
1: Well, the, when Taliban took over, I was young enough to, uh, I think I, I finished my high school at, at that time. So uh, that was unfortunately uh, uh, the darkest era of our, of our, our life.
0: One so, what, what was life like when the Taliban took over? How did your life change?
1: It was as—before the, the Taliban, there were relatively a very short period of uh, uh, peace in Kabul, because before that there was so civil war, but when Taliban took over, it was that uh, they started with hanging and executing uh, the former Dr. Najibullah in a famous uh, uh, square of Kabul that we call it, Aryana Square. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, uh, when they arrived in Kabul, then everyone said that they have executed and hanged Dr. Najibullah. And uh, our, a few friends and I, we wanted to, to go somewhere, and then we we went. We went there, and they we were saying that you know, crowds of people are coming and going in 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 a very uh, uh, concerning ways. Or of, of you could read worries, from their uh, faces and their anger. And we went there, and we saw, unfortunately, that uh, uh, image of. Dr. Mijibana, his brother and another person was hanging from the, uh, this traffic light flank uh, tower, and, uh, and that really uh, set the scene uh, uh, for everyone of our us that grew up uh, in Kabul being disappointed of Taliban, and they also did other plundering, which no one is talking about. They broke into every single uh, you know, car stores, for example, taking all the cars that people had in, in, at that time in Kabul. So, like car shows, they were all broken, uh, and the cars were confiscated, as well as other uh, other things. They, that that was a, a chaos, and with that chaos, then the brutality and the uh, uh, strict uh, control of Taliban started. And they they started. Uh, enforce their Sharia rule on women to not go out without mahram, uh, closing schools for uh, uh, girls, ch- children, uh, uh, and then we saw that the strict restrictions are coming, and then they they were going after every individuals in Kabul, asking them to surrender their guns, while the Kabulians did not have guns. Guns were in the hand of Government or former mujahideen groups, but they find found that a, a way to uh, bring people to detention centers or harass them and collect money and through that, you know, kind of both uh, uh, make the people understand that this is a new regime, a new role, as well as, you know, making their pockets bigger. Uh, uh, so that was. Very, very uh, difficult for us to understand. And then it started uh, their uh, uh, the stories of how many people are arrested, how many people are killed. And then their fighting the near Kabul started in shamali uh, where, where uh, they destroyed all the vineyards and killing a lot of people, displacing people. Uh, so. And of course, the images of you know Al Qaeda members and Arabs at that time, we didn't know that they are member of Al Qaeda. We just were looking at them as foreigners, Arab people. And Kabul was cut off from the entire world. There was only two, or a, later on, several line was direct line was from the short to call outside Afghanistan. TV was not allowed. Uh, uh, there was no newspaper. Uh, so, everything was like Middle Eastern, uh, mi- mi- middle age kind of uh, era to
0: live uh, at that time. Um, so, what made you decide you wanted to become a lawyer? That was a decision that uh, because
1: of seeing all those injustices, uh, broken systems and institutions, and uh, there was no defense for ordinary people when it when uh, there was a need uh, against the very uh, rogue state elements, individuals, and state systems. And there was always uh, 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 Afghan citizens, they were not recognized as citizens, they were duty bearer to just follow the instructions and rules without having any rights or freedom. Uh, we, we did not have any constitution at that time uh, in or any form of uh, civil code or laws, and Taliban was just uh, implementing their own interpretation of Sharia Islam Shari law, then uh, that was uh, uh, a way that's to go and study law and uh, then start to advocate for the uh, people uh, to stand up against the tyranny of the system and find a way that's at least uh, through using uh, some of the arguments that they were using uh, uh, to stop uh, at, at some level or some point or at some degree their injustices. So uh, studying law was very difficult, very challenging at that time because Taliban regime was also inserting their way of uh, not allowing people to study. Many things that were very relevant to, to law in Afghanistan, especially there was no uh, subjects on human rights. Uh, uh, the uh,
0: philosophers
1: that shaped the, shape, the uh, uh, philosophy of law or discussions, they were not allowed to be studied. Uh, there was more much focus on Islamic law uh, 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 and. Not only Islamic law, which was good and okay, because we have to, we have to learn about it, but more on, on Islamic uh, uh, theology and jurisprudence, uh, that they were wanted to to, to teach. Uh, so that was I struggle every day, and uh, many. St- classmates did not last until the end of the semester or the, the, the class. They dropped out, they flee uh, the country, they went to outside the country to refuge teaching in different uh, uh, part of the world, but I had to stay and continue until uh, at the end of it. And that was uh, a decision and a determination. That a lawyer to against the, the uh, inequalities, injustices uh, that existed at that time.
0: And well, you're incredibly brave to stay there under the Taliban and to be a lawyer. When the Taliban were overthrown in 2001, what did you do then? What were you, how did you feel? What were your hopes for the country? What were your aspirations then?
1: That was um, a window of, of hope, actually, for many of Afghans. Uh, when i say said many, majority of Afghans, because Afghans either were living in extreme poverty and fear, or they had to go to Peshawar, Pakistan, or uh, Iran, or, or those other places, and living in under miserable conditions. So. When the uh, Taliban was toppled, there was a hope, and especially with the uh, uh, media reports and uh, the Bonn Conference agreement, uh, uh, people thought that there might be a new chance, a new era, uh, uh, and felt joy and happiness at that time, at that moment. I think many people felt relaxed and uh, uh, thought that they are freed from a big prison, which was the entire territory of Afghanistan itself, a few provinces that were under the, uh, the Northern Alliance. there. Uh, yeah. uh, so that that was the kind of feeling that I shared with many Afghan and people. But we, I started immediately on uh, uh, advocating for human rights. Uh, At that time, I, with some uh, friends, established the first ever, our NGO that we called Equal Association, advocating for men and women, freedoms, human rights, and we were engaged in human rights education to people. I remember that we were looking for a book on human rights and we couldn't find every one single book. Uh, and then we ordered so many bookstores as please, you know, uh, bring us some you know, human rights books so we can educate other lawyers and other students uh, to, to spread the word. Uh, but the situation changed, uh, uh, you know, relatively quickly towards uh, a better, uh, you know, era because of the emergency lawyer, jail guy, like uh, uh, an administration, transition administration, then the constitution was approved, then we had the first election, uh, then we had parliamentary election, first parliamentary election. So everything was working very well and uh, we were uh, happily traveling around. But uh, that, that period of time did not last that long, unfortunately. The situation went back to but the violence uh, spread across Afghanistan. Uh, Taliban
0: being Uh But you became the executive director of the Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission for ten years. So, what was the focus of your work in that role? As the executive
1: director of uh, Afghanistan Independent Human Rights Commission and uh, Also uh, given the situation of human rights in the past and the fragility of the human rights situation. That was a very challenging uh, role or position to be. So my focus was on monitoring, promotion and protection of human rights in general because of the Human Rights Commission's broad mandate uh, and it it was tasked to Monitoring human rights situation for work for promotion, protection of human rights, and it ranged uh, from child rights to women rights, people with disability, uh, working towards uh, accountability mechanism, and transitional justice, uh, promoting human rights through human rights education, uh, uh, research and studies, and investigating human rights violations at the same time. Focus on economic, social, cultural rights, civil and political rights, freedom of speech, assembly, association. In uh, very broad areas of human rights, thematic areas of um, human rights were on, on my focus. And also, because of a new institution and lack of resources, I had to focus on providing resources to these programs to be effectively implemented and yield result in a very short period of time to uh, address injustices and uh, uh, human rights uh, uh, violations uh, uh, quickly and everywhere because of a weak rule of law, lack of justice and ongoing conflict, it was, it was challenging and difficult. So my focus was all on, on those areas as well as uh, a general situation that The legal uh, framework must be improved, policies must be changed, amendments must be made to the laws uh, and regulations, and a full compliance to international human rights uh, laws uh, should be there, and holding the government and other parties to conflict accountable for respect, fulfilments, and protection of human rights.
0: So when you look at Afghanistan today, a peace process is ongoing, and yet there is still horrible levels of violence. What are the key issues in the negotiations, and do you think they will be resolved
1: well i'm i'm a uh, i wanna i want to be miss- Optimistic about the possibility of peace in Afghanistan because the war is uh, continued since the Soviet Union invaded in 1979. Now we almost uh, are into this conflict uh, after 40 years. But given the circumstances and the two contradicting uh, positions of the government of Afghanistan and Taliban. I, I don't think that there is uh, much hope for a quick uh, uh, achievements of, of peace or, uh, or any results on the negotiation. I think it will may linger on for some time. Uh, for Afghan government and people mostly that support that, it's how to preserve the uh, progress that we have made in the past 18 years. and That is constitutions, human rights, women rights, uh, our government system, democracy, uh, participation in uh, election, civic uh, and civil society activities, defending human rights, uh, uh, education, which is a new phenomenon in Afghanistan. Of course, we had education system in, the past year, the uh, communist regime, and Shah, the kingdom, the monarchy system, but uh, now we, we almost have a universal education that everyone has access to education in Afghanistan. Uh, so how we, we, we preserve that? That's one issue. But for Taliban, is that's how they can come back to power uh, to enforce their Sharia law, on Afghans and in their interpretation to end the so-called occupation in Afghanistan uh, and bring back Taliban to power. So I think that there is a a, a a huge difference between the party's position and then the the technical issue of even if they agree on on on, on a, an arrangement, how it's going to be implemented, who is going to Guarantee the successful implementation of that, uh, this disarmament, reintegration. Uh, uh, we need a, a functioning uh, government. Uh, Taliban has not produced people to go to uh, school or you know universities. How they are going to uh, 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 employ people? Are they going to recruit from their madrasas or they are allowing uh, technocrats and people with expertise and skills just to, uh, to, to work with with, with them when they're and in the areas that they are in control of uh, sharing power so these are all questions big questions uh, that is there the future of women rights human rights of course is a huge concern because uh, uh, that's that's that that has been uh, a historical unfortunate injustices towards you know people in Afghanistan, especially war. Uh, I'm I, I keep my optimism, but but to be honest, uh, difficulty difficulties there and a huge challenges are meant to the others.
0: What's your hope for the future?
1: My hope is the uh this view of new you know, vibrant generation of young, uh, talented, educated uh, people of Afghanistan, active Afghans who are uh, providing public services, they are NGO activists, civil society activists, active in uh, education, Uh, uh, they are human rights activists as well, Uh, they are active in media participating in building our economy, uh, building our country, uh, and they are thinking differently. They are men and women that are sacrificing, and they are aware of the challenges and the risk, but they still continue to do that. And we have seen, unfortunately, recently, the sacrifices that they have made. Despite they, they were knowing that there are challenges and threats, they still continue their good work. So that's the hope. And also, we have this opportunity of the international community support. I think we have to continue that partnership with the international community towards a better, uh, stable, and peaceful Afghanistan. And towards a better, stable, and peaceful world, uh, that Afghanistan is an active member of that world community and participate providing uh, and contributing to the regional security, world security, economy, and play the role of a crossroads between South Asia to Central Asia, uh, linking China to Middle East.
0: Omosa, I wish you all the best for the future.